everyone, it's Em and Liv, and we're your meta sidekicks. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about chakras. It's pretty great. We already have a chakra video on YouTube. If you are less inclined to listening and don't want to sit here for an hour and a half or two hours, we don't know how long it'll be yet, then go to YouTube because you can find everything that we're going to talk about, but in a different way, in like 20 minutes. How long was the video? It's a 20 minute video. 20 minute video. Okay, so. Most people have heard about chakras before, a fad topic of times past, where open-minded individuals might engage in deep conversations about their bioenergy or spiritual alignment, or where more conservative thinkers may poo-poo the word and mumble slights. If you've heard of this word before and wish to learn a bit more than the average show, then continue listening to our great podcast. It's great. The word chakra is a Sanskrit word meaning wheel or disc, and in the Indian thought, chakras are considered to be the centers of a person's spiritual power. Sanskrit, where chakras, the word chakra is derived from, is believed to be one of the oldest languages in the world. The term Sanskrit <laughs> is derived from the conjunction of Sam and Samyak, meaning entirely, and Krit, meaning done. So the language is thought to have been first used by celestial gods and then by the Indo-Aryan people of India between 1500 and 500 BC. Sanskrit is a traditional language of Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and Sikhism. Before written language, People remembered information orally. Thoughts, ideas, and knowledge would be passed down for generations strictly by word of mouth. As one of the oldest languages in the world, it makes sense that Sanskrit would also be one of the first languages written. Its written form is considered to have begun in the second millennium BCE and was uncovered in a giant text of hymns called the Rig Veda. So it is safe to assume that the written explanation of the chakra beliefs has been around since before its mother language was ever written down and its concepts have been passed down from generation to generation by word of mouth. Information about the chakra system was brought to the West around 1919, most notably by an English man named Arthur Avalon or Sir George Woodruff, who wrote his interpretation of the chakra beliefs in his book called The Serpent Power. Since then, other Western chakra scholars have brought back texts to share with their students, which form the basis of our knowledge regarding chakra theory and kundalini yoga today. So this westernized translation of chakra beliefs has brought about an oversimplification of the practices and understanding. For example, most basic chakra names have been simplified to their physical locations on the body instead of using their original Sanskrit names. So without further ado, and with a little less westernization, hopefully we're going to talk about the chakras. There are eight main chakras in the human body that are positioned along the spine in varying degrees from each other. Depending on the text you are reading, native or western, there are a multitude of peripheral chakras as well located all throughout the body. Chakras are linked to biological structures such as nerve centers, major organs, and glands, and each chakra is believed to correlate with different abilities, expressions, functions of health, and psychological states of mind. In order to influence these physical attributes, the chakras can be strengthened through different physical and mental practices, but must be built upon, like a spire. Yeah, I didn't know. I, they used the word foundation so many times when I was researching all this stuff that I was like, what is a better than a foundation? I was like, leaning tower of pizza? I want pizza. <laughs> Spires. Spires. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Let's try and uh, talk into the chakras and as least westernized way as we possibly can besides emily and i being avatar m yeah avatar m 100 is going to lead us through all the chakras but we're going to try and make it as unwesternized as possible coming from two american women (laughs) not two swamis (laughs) yeah not two swamis 
All right. So the first chakra is called the root chakra in all of the Western things that you'll hear in modern day. What is it? I don't know. Media? Media. Yeah. But we're going to butcher this and please uh, try not to make fun of us too much. But the name that we believe for the root chakra that is the actual name is Moldahar chakra. Moldahar. Moldahar. Yes. Yeah. So that's the Sanskrit name for root chakra is Moldahar. And the root chakra is positioned at the base of the spine, and it deals with your primal needs and how they are met. And if you want to know Avatar M's version, <laughs> it deals with survival, and it's blocked by fear. You're welcome. Yeah. So the first and foundational chakra is the Muldahar chakra, or the root chakra in Western thought. And the word is derived from Mula Adhar, meaning foundation. And it is located at the very base of the spine, creating the resting place for each of the chakras above it. The element associated with the Muldahar is earth. And it, that's because the earth provides us with all of our basic needs, since this is the chakra that deals with all basic needs. Or as Avatar M says. I don't know. Deals with survival and it's blocked by fear. Yeah. Wow. I said that already. <laughs> I know. We have to recap. It's fun. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. It is the first chakra... The Muldahar chakra is the first chakra formed during physical development. So as a baby, it's the first chakra to develop in utero, I guess. But <laughs> but root chakras, but <laughs> yeah, your video. <laughs> uh, the color is, uh, associated with this chakra is red and it, it's supposed to symbolize energy and activity as well as the transitioning of a slumbering consciousness to an awaking one. The Muldahar chakra is often considered the most instinctual of the chakras as it is not rooted in intellect so much as in the formation of our most basic needs uh, and motivations to eat, sleep, and procreate. So, how is this balanced and how is it not balanced? Well, it deals with all of our primal energies. So, it's balanced when you feel safe, secure, and you have all of your most basic needs met. But if you don't have those or you fixate on them, such as me... (laughs) uh you don't have this chakra balanced so so balanced is where you have an assurance that your survival and your needs will be met yes you don't have to worry about it correct the Muldahar chakra is known as one's primal energy and is the source of our fight flight freeze fawn responses because it is perceived as our most animalistic chakra the Muldahar chakra is believed to form the border between human and beast consciousness it is where our unconscious minds form our true personality and when we archive our past actions and experiences when balanced, the Muldahar Chakra's energy flows freely, and we feel a sense of belonging, secure in our present state, and have the clarity and the ability to concentrate, set goals, and prioritize. Imbalances can present as an overall lack of energy, or the opposite. Restlessness and anxiety can overtake and imbalance you, and you can have constant worry and frustration. So I think it's interesting that they say that the Muldahar Chakra, and I think that personally I have an imbalance of this chakra because of always feeling like I need to prepare for things even when it comes to just like simple things like food or like getting enough sleep I feel like if I don't have these things then I can't function so I kind of like yeah, you're nine hours of sleep each night yeah I like fixate and like hoard things not like terribly but you know I you're I, afraid you're not gonna have them tomorrow yeah 100 percent. but also it it says that it forms the border between beast and human consciousness. So, like, is this... Because your instinct. Your what? instincts are a part of this. Yeah, I get the instincts, but also I'm thinking, like, since I 
feel like I rely so heavily on this chakra, is it also where possibly I have the ability to talk to animals? Oh, that'd be so cool. That's what I'm saying. If it's the border between human and beast consciousness. Is it because you're trying to open it? I don't know. But like, I also is anything happening where you're less conscious of like your primal needs? Like now that you're living with your dad or something, you're more comfortable in where your needs are at or something? Well, I was I discovered that I could hear animals' thoughts or like listen to what they have to say in general before I started living with my dad. Okay, then what happened during that change? There's something. I know there is. I have no idea. It's weird, though. I'm just saying, could it be one of the reasons why yes. I can talk to animals or listen to what they have to say? Yes. Because also... In other types of teachings, like for the root chakra, they say it's red, but it can also be pink. And every time I like to project energy on things, I think of it as pink. And I feel like I have a lot of pink energy associated with who I am. Because you have an overactive root chakra. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I think it's totally that. And I think if you open it up more, then you can actually speak to them instead of them just speaking to you. Yeah, because I haven't. I have to focus on that. I've never tried to speak to them. I just listen to them. Yeah, I know you can speak to them. (laughs) That's something we're going to have to talk about. (laughs) It's a lot. But yeah, when I was doing all of this uh, research, I was like, is that why I could talk to animals? Is that why I could talk to animals? Is that why I'm Eliza Thornberry? I have no idea who Eliza Thornberry is. You don't know who Eliza Thornberry is? No. The girl that can talk to animals on Nickelodeon? The Thornberries? Nope. Oh my god, are you a 90s kid? <laughs> I'm supposed to like, be. Oh wait, you're not because you were, fr- you were born in what, 95? 97. 97. I you're don't even definitely wanna... not a 90s kid. <laughs> you what, Zoomer? I, Zoomer. Is that what they're calling them now? No. Aren't we millennials? No, you're not a millennial. Millennial stops at oh, like 95. Oh, I think 95. they're calling Gen Zers. Yeah. You Zoomer? I'm not. No. I'm not a Gen Z. Don't even start with me. Otherwise, we wouldn't be friends. You're definitely a Gen Z. It, no. stops, it stops at 9. I'm in denial. And you're a 97. No. That's why you don't know what the Eliza Thornberry is. I'm That's like my favorite show. Maybe you should watch it because she talks to animals. I am it's about this, a millennial. Don't start with me. This guy who like has a TV show and he goes to all these safari places and teaches people about animals. He's like a what's what I want to do. Guy? Okay, you can't come at me and say that I'm not a 90s baby if you don't know who Steve Irwin is. Well, I know who he is. Crocodile Hunter. But he's that, but a cartoon. And his daughter can talk to animals. And they have an ape as a pet, and the ape talks to her. They're BFFs. That's cute. I just know, like, Dr. Doolittle, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but that's not a cartoon. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, we're done with this. Well, actually, we're not done with this. We're going to talk about its mantra. Its mantra is LAM. And mantras, if you don't know, are like... The natural frequency of the chakra, right? Yes, it is the frequency that's supposed to raise the vibrations of the chakra to help it become aligned. So mantras are like things, they're like hymns kind of. But so is that what prana is? That's the energy moving through you through sound or something? <laughs> well, I like how you are asking me these questions like I'm an expert, but actually this is... You researched it. I did research it. I read it. one thing about prana that says it's the life force. Yeah. I, I didn't try to figure out what prana or karma was when I was doing these things because if I did, I would have gone down a huge rabbit hole and never have gotten any of the research well, actually karma completed because karma is related to a lot of different religions and when you're 
a Catholic girl, you have to learn about the religion. Religion class. I had many of those. You learn about karma and Hinduism and Buddhism. That's great. I had a world religions class, and I learned about African religions, and it was great, too. Yeah, that's part of it, too. The only thing I learned from religions class is that all religions are basically the same. They're just different representations of each other in Mm -hmm. different ways. That's it. When you learn it from a Catholic perspective, it's very much like, these are what other people believe, but we don't believe it because of this. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. But when I went to college, they were like, people believe in religion to make them feel more comfortable. Oh, I also learned that all religions are a cult, and if you don't think your religion's a cult, then you're wrong. Well, obviously. <laughs> That's all I know. Sorry, we just lost all of our viewers, and we only had one. <laughs> They're all gone. Bye! <laughs> please unsubscribe to this podcast now. Uh, no, please don't. Come back. <laughs> We're just kidding. Come back. Okay, so now we are climbing the spine, and we have, and I'm going to butcher this, let's talk about the western name of... The sacral chakra. We're yeah. On the sacral chakra. The sacral chakra. And the Sanskrit word is, and please correct me, but not mainly, Svadhisthana. Svadhisthana chakra. Svadhisthana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The sacral chakra is located three centimeters above the root chakra and the pleasure one. So it deals with pleasure oh. and it's blocked by shame. I said As- by avatar. I'm- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the next chakra up is the Svadhisthana chakra, and its Sanskrit derivation comes from Sva, meaning self, and Thana, meaning place, seat, or residence. This chakra is located approximately three centimeters above the Muldahar chakra. It marks the second level of chakra development. It is the base of human subconsciousness formed in the womb, marking the beginning of personal existence and where all life experiences and impressions will be stored. The Svadhisthana chakra has the ability to bring clarity regarding the development of an individual personality. And an individual's personality is unlocked by removing negative qualities of the conscious mind. The chakra's symbolic picture is built upon a lotus with six petals representing the negative qualities of anger, hatred, jealousy, cruelty, desire, and pride. The element associated with the Svadhisthana is water, which represents hidden danger, just as water may be manipulated positively, it can also hold immense and unpredictable power, just like an unchecked emotions can. When they rush to the surface of a consciousness without regard, it can result in creating an unbalanced being and surroundings. Its color is orange and it's symbolic of the sunrise depicting a rising level of consciousness. And orange represents activity, purity, and the positive qualities gained from this chakra being joy, self-confidence, and faith. And its mantra is... Um, yeah so what going back the root chakra is where all of your base needs need to be met in order to move to this chakra and you have to be secure in your most basic primal needs but it's also where your base personality (laughs) yeah it's like next chakra your sacral chakra is your emotion yeah i think it's interesting though where the root chakra is where you as a person in a primal sense exists in personality but once you get to this chakra it's where you can kind of develop your own personality by either succumbing to bad and negative emotions such as the anger and jealousy and the lotus petal six things or you can try to overcome them and develop who you are in your own way yeah (laughs) you're like we're not gonna have any conversation i have so many things to do right now 
<laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> no, you just say so many things. Isn't this one? A lot of people on the internet say it has to do with your sexual energy because it's in that area. Oh, that was your Muldahar chakra. That's your primal like need to procreate. So like people that are like lustful, I think is like. Well, that's why it deals with pleasure though. Mm. <laughs> Unless you don't find sex pleasurable. Yeah, I don't know. I so, mean, I like food. I would take some chocolate ice cream any day. So how <laughs> is it balanced and how is it not balanced? It would be balanced by being able to keep your emotions in check. So if you are someone that is very explosive in your emotions, whether something goes wrong and you immediately act on the emotions that are evoked by that action, compared to somebody that has something happen to them or is in a certain situation and instead of automatically reacting to it, you are proactive and you recognize the emotions that you're feeling because of something and then you think about it before you act on those emotions. I think that's how you deal with this chakra. I think there's two sides of every chakra. So you have your overactive where you're explosive emotions and then you have your underactive where you don't feel your emotions, which creates anxiety and then fucks up your your root chakra. But from what I have seen, you have to express your emotions fully, but also in a non-toxic way. So not explosive, but also you have to express your emotions fully. Not internalize them. Yeah trauma that's how that works <laughs> yeah well i think the next one next one goes through cha- trauma or maybe it's the, the solar chakra. plexus chakra is the next chakra yeah so your manapura chakra is located in your core Here, i'll do this again go for it your next chakra is your solar plexus chakra and it is located in your core is this the belly button chakra belly button the navel chakra <laughs> it's located behind your belly button yeah so as fsrm said wait it deals with willpower and it is blocked by shame there we go avatar m has spoken <laughs> <laughs> so the third chakra in sanskrit is called the manapura chakra and the sanskrit words mani meaning jewel and pura meaning place or city it resides near the navel or belly button earning the western name as navel chakra center chakra or solar plexus when the Manipara chakra has been reached, the negative aspects of the Muldahar and the Svadhisthana chakras have been overcome, and the individual's consciousness has been able to reach the Manipura's level. It is believed that the Manipura chakra unlocks clarity, self-assurance, knowledge about yourself, wisdom, and the ability to make correct decisions. These are the precious jewels depicted. The color associated with this chakra is yellow, and its element is fire, symbolizing the heat within the body's core or solar plexus, as Avatar M said. And it's the sun center or source of one's vitality. The Manapura chakra controls the balancing of energy to give strength and health, acting as a magnet of energy. The activation of the Manapura chakra will free an individual from negative energies and bring strength and balancing from within the mind and the body. And its mantra is Ram. 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 So, like, I love this chakra because its color is yellow and it's all about heat and fire. And this is like, 100% my mother. She just runs around with this chakra and like blasts people like the belly button character from uh, My Hero. <laughs> well, I think your mother has an overactive solar plexus chakra. 100%. Because she's overly self-confident. Yeah, she is. A lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. She's an Aries. She just runs around and gives everybody Aries. her energy and overwhelms them. She's like 
is this a normal thing that's happening and no one really needs to be super excited about it? She's like, actually, let me make everything really, really overwhelming with my belly button energy. Yeah. <laughs> she just runs around like. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put those closer together so it sounds better. But anyways. <laughs> so how is this balanced? How is it balanced? Yeah. It's a balanced solar plexus chakra. You have gotten through your first two chakras so you have established your basic needs and you're confident that you are safe and secure and have everything that you need and then the next one is you understand emotions and you don't either overactively express them but also you don't internalize them so I think that is what makes you self-confident in who you are because the first two are creating your personality and once you have understood your basic personality and have kind of fine-tuned it a little bit you so can be this like is, this is who i am this is my belly button i'm your mother <laughs> well, this is you coming into your identity and yeah. then the next chakra is you speaking your identity it's all coming full circle so you have your primal needs and then that evolves into your emotional needs and your emotional needs and your base personality create who you are as a person which then you have to be self-confident in this person that has been created and then in the next chakra, you need to be comfortable telling people about it, being who you are on the outside. I love when I get information and then I tell Em this information and she just puts it all together for me. It's great. I'm a computer. My brain works like that. She Very drops. much. I just need the pieces and I have the puzzle that you just put them in and I can put everything together. She likes to drop big old knowledge bombs on me a lot. Because I'm like, Em, this is what I learned. Listen to all this information I'm getting. This is what I think it is. And then she just tells me what she thinks it is because the way she looks at everything is way different. And I'm like, holy shit, you are so much more right than me. Thank you. Yeah, it's very much when I ask questions, it's very much for my own need for me to fill what I think is happening. Mm-hmm. That's why Em <laughs> which, and I get along so well because we're two halves of one idiot. Which is also <laughs> why I get you to get more information from your readings too. Mm-hmm. It's because I think something is happening, so I just lead you through questions for you to figure it out. It really helps me because I have a lot of... dates my opinion of what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's great. The next chakra is my favorite chakra because my spirit guides keeps telling me that this is what's happening now. You're on Athata. On a throat chakra. Oh, no, we're on heart chakra. Sorry. Yeah. We're the throat on... chakra is where I'm at. Sorry. Okay, so... We are now on the fourth chakra, and as Avatar M can explain, it is... It is the heart chakra located in the chest, and it deals with love, and it is blocked by grief. So the fourth chakra in non-westernized thinking is called the Anahata chakra. It is derived from the Sanskrit phrase Anahata Nada, meaning eternal sound. It is found in the chest closest to the heart, earning itself the western name, as M said, heart chakra, This chakra is rooted in the pureness of one's heart through thoughts, actions, and intentions. When an individual has been able to work through the first three chakras, raising the individual's consciousness to the Anahata chakra, this may bring about divine qualities of the heart, such as peace, harmony, bliss, understanding, love, empathy, compassion, kindness, and forgiveness. The Anahata chakra's color is light blue, the color of the sky, and its element is air. Air represents freedom and expansion, the ability of our consciousness to expand infinitely. It is believed that the Anahata is the birthplace of poesy, the talents of a poet or author. 
And it is also said that Sankapla Shakti is a power that may arise with the energization of this chakra. It is the power to fulfill desires within the heart. The purer one's Anahata chakra, the more swiftly desire will be fulfilled. And its mantra is Yam. Yams. Yams. So the Anahata chakra it is known as the seat of the divine self or Atma. And its symbolic picture there is a lotus with 12 petals, and these represent the divine qualities of the heart, such as bliss, peace, harmony, love, empathy, understanding, clarity, purity, union, compassion, kindness, and forgiveness. And it's the center of emotions and feelings. So for this chakra, it is said that you realize that knowledge and wisdom is realized in all actions, which is mind-blowing to me because this is where you get a understanding of the separation between empathy and sympathy and a lot of people use these words interchangeably and they need to understand that they are so different sympathy is when you can feel compassionate for somebody going through something that you yourself have not experienced but empathy is being able to show compassion for somebody that you understand what they're going through because you have been through a similar situation yourself So people like to say that they're empathetic for others in certain situations, but if you've not been yourself in that situation or a situation similar, you actually can't empathize with that person. So being able to open up your heart chakra and realize that knowledge and wisdom is realized in all actions, that is how you're going to be able to differentiate the definitions of sympathy and empathy and reach a higher emotional consciousness. That's why reincarnation is real. Yeah, it's so important. And then this all goes into the next chakra, which is your throat chakra. And this is where you breathe out all of your repressed emotions and feelings. So it's not until you can understand the difference. You can understand your emotions and then empathize Mm -hmm. with other people's emotions in order to breathe out and fully come into yourself as a person and speak your truth. Yes, thank you, Em. So the throat chakra is all about going through repressed actions and feelings and dealing with them. And I don't think that people could actually go through your repressed actions and feelings, the ones that you've pushed down because they're traumatizing or what have you, to realize and understand that these things happen to you for a reason and you need to move past them because now you have the understanding of empathy and sympathy and can move past the things that you've pushed down. Yeah, this is weird, but it's like, the steps in AA, once you have like gone through all of the emotional stuff, they tell you to help someone else in the same situation. And that not only helps that person, but it helps you deal with your own emotions because you found someone that's going through the same thing. So you can see the whole picture from outside of what's happening. So it's more like simplified versus what you think is so complex and you focus on one thing, but it's a whole picture. Yes. Yeah. Again, people taking things that aren't physical that you can understand and making them physical because it's easier for us to understand them yeah yeah so we have to point out that in a lot of the western things that you can find on chakras so western teachings this chakra is supposed to be green i guess and it deals with the earth people say that it's like the earth is one big heart chakra and i think it's because you put your love towards nature or whatever but it doesn't make sense because it's a physical object. Yeah. And love is not. 
<laughs> so a lot of the things that I've learned as a medium is that people in the physical world love to associate everything, absolutely everything with something physical. And if they can't associate something that they feel or know with something that's physically attainable, it's hard for us to conceptualize it. So I think it's interesting that we found this chakra and in Western thought, it's like Em said, associated with green and the earth, but that's like the Moldahar chakra. So I don't understand why they're going almost backwards. So if it's your heart and it deals with love, it makes sense that it should be blue as the sky because love is infinite and always expanding. Love is in the air. In the air. I can smell it. <laughs> so much pun, I can't get over it. So yeah, I like this one. I think it's really cute. And it's easier for me to say. Maybe Anahata Chakra. Anahata Chakra. It's great. I like Sanskrit. It makes me happy. Love is one of the only things that humans can understand as eternal. So people who have this balanced understand that when someone is gone, that they aren't really gone. They're always with you because love can never stop. You can never stop love. Yeah, that's great. And I also think that the Sankapla Shakti, the little power that you're supposed to get, is really cute because it says that the pure one's heart chakra is, the more swiftly your desires will be fulfilled. So, like, if you have pure intentions within your heart, whatever you want can be fulfilled with this chakra. Which goes into like manifestation. I think it's adorable. So what? The heart chakra is where you do manifestation. Did we just uncover something? <laughs> <laughs> well, is it? <laughs> I like how you talk to me as if I'm a shwami. Yeah, I'm just a girl shwami. in a basement with her best friend. Shwami talks to you though. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about Agya. He's mm-hmm. so cute. I well, love we're not, him. We're not on his chakra yet. <laughs> okay. His well, third eye chakra. We'll talk about Agya. So Emily we'll give and I. Give you a preview. Yeah, short preview. So he likes, the, he likes the number three. Oh, he's so cute. He's already coming in. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna be all sassy about the number three because I've now hated it. Oh, he's so cute. So <laughs> what em- does three mean? I don't know what three means. He just. It's funny because he just throws throws up three fingers and he like smiles and is full yeah. of his golden light. You so know what three is it's like the uh, the Hunger Games thing. Oh. Also, I think brownies like when you're a Girl Scout. I was a Girl Scout. It was a horrible experience. They sung the cleanup song and we were like 12. Well. (laughs) And all the girls didn't like me. They were really mean. I was like, I thought Girl Scouts were supposed to be nice, but whatever. Anyways, we're not going to talk about girl politics because that's a whole other shebang. But Agya. So Em and I were trying to get our lives together and shoot a YouTube video, which is hard because I have the attention span of a goldfish. And she was talking, she was just being sassy M as normal. And we were trying to organize our information so that we could make a YouTube video without having to stop every five seconds or have too much information like I'm doing right now. So you can see the problem. And she said something about a shwami. You know, you were like, well, I'm not a shwami, so I can't give you all of the answers. And I was like, but you can talk to a shwami. And then he showed up. And then he, <laughs> this old guy, this old Indian man, and I know a whole bunch of people that probably don't like what I do or believe in what I do will give me flack for it. But whatever, I'm just going to run with it because it makes me feel better. Um, that's what this whole podcast and YouTube video stuff is about. Anyways, he comes in and he's just like bouncing around. And I was like, oh, my God, Em, why do you have to start these things? I like, And it's funny because when I do readings, it's usually when somebody verbally uh, acknowledges something that's happening is when it's like the line, the Bugs Bunny line is crossed. And these spirits step over and they're like, I'm here because someone acknowledged me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have time to deal with this. So I just like. I do that a lot to you. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, because I'm like, 
thoughts. I have too many thoughts. I need to, to validate my thoughts so that I can have more thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and when your friend's a mental medium and everything just comes in as thoughts is great because Emily's like, do you see this line? You can't cross this line. She's literally like Bugs Bunny with all of this medium stuff that happens. Oh, many me. thoughts. I need all of the knowledge. So anyways, this little cute Swami man pops in and he literally is just covered in orange, golden, and white light. Like everything behind him is just orange, happy, warmth, light. And I was like, Okay, well, we have to shoot a YouTube video. I don't have time for this. Em's just messing with me, and so is Spirit, because they think that they're funny. So I pushed it away, kind of put up my barriers, and was like, we're going to make this YouTube video. Let's make it happen. Well, we also have a blog that you can find on www.metapsychics.com, and I had to write this chakra blog. So I'm going through each chakra, and once I get to the third eye chakra, which in Indian thought is called the Agya Chakra, A-G-Y-A, he pops in <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so this isn't just my imagination. This is somebody that wants to actually talk to us. And since he has popped in on the third eye chakra and has kind of been like, I think he's kind of our spirit guide for this podcast, which makes me really happy. because are company. Yeah. He's, he's so sweet. He is so cute. He literally just has like the sweetest little smile. And he's told me that he lived around 1725 or 1735 in India and he was um, practicing chakra beliefs and he lived with like 10-ish men I believe so it wasn't entirely like a uh, like a temple that he lived in but he did have his own little group of people that he lived with while he was here I do believe he had a family at some point too um, but that was before he was with friends now I'm talking um, but anyways talking to you. <laughs> yeah he's showing me things but he's like he's like going like this with his hands, like shoo shoo shoo, like it's not a big deal. Like you just you don't really have to talk about me. But yeah. so anyways, uh, since I don't know what his name is and Em and I don't know what his name is, we have named him or I have named him. We have named him Agya because that's the chakra he popped in when I was writing. So he's super cute. He's kind of our mascot. Please don't hate. Uh so yeah. yeah what chakra like are we it. on now? The five the fifth chakra? We're on the third the throat chakra. So now we're on the fifth chakra and Avatar Emma's gonna let you know what it's about. The next chakra is the throat chakra and is located, obviously, in the throat. And it deals with the truth and it is blocked by the lies we tell ourselves. So this is live. Oh, thanks. Okay, so the oh, fifth thanks. chakra, I also like this name, is Vishuddhi and is situated in the throat, thus earning it the westernized name of the throat chakra, as Avatar M has shared. Its name is created from the Sanskrit conjunction of Visha, meaning poison, and Sudhi, meaning purify. Once the previous four chakras have been aligned, the Vishuddhi is energized through breathing or breath. It is believed that all swallowed or repressed thoughts and feelings and actions are kept in the subconscious, creating a poisonous influence on the body and mind. So through breathing and meditation, those repressed influences can be purified, or at least dealt with. I feel like this is where a lot of the suppression of emotions comes into, but it's not even just the suppression of emotions. It's the suppression of identity. I Well, identity and the actions and things that have happened to you that have created those motions, which goes into the more chakras that we're going to talk about. This is literally what I'm going through now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm going through a spiritual awakening, which I feel dumb talking about every time I talk about it. But essentially... I had to go through the anxiety crap because I, I have a lot of anxiety. But now I'm at the truth chakra because one of my coping mechanisms of my trauma is to hide who I am and essentially reflect personalities that I think people want back to them. 
which is totally out of balance when with the throat chakra. So essentially what you need to be in the throat chakra is you need to be fully self-confident with the solar plexus chakra in your own identity to start telling people about it or to start being comfortable with people knowing who you are. So you have to be confident that when you give your identity to someone that even if they don't accept it, you accept it as yourself. So you don't alter your personality or to make someone else like you. Ugh, you're so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing in the spirit guide video, which is coming out soon, where I literally just tell people things that I've never told anyone publicly on the internet. <laughs> and it's great. That's what all of our YouTube and like podcast stuff is about. Awesome. Yeah, that's what my spirit guides were telling me after you read them. And I was like, you just did this. You <laughs> just opened this chakra. And I'm like, fuck, I hate you. That's literally all they kept. St- when I was editing that chakra video, they're like, you did this. Remember? And I'm like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so it says mastering this chakra brings feelings of happiness and freedom and is sometimes said to positively influence one's ability to sing and speak. When the Vishuddhi chakra is blocked, individuals may experience anxiety, a feeling of restriction or lack of freedom, and some speech problems, as well as swallowing difficulties on a physical level. Uh, the Vishuddhi chakra is associated with the color purple, and its mantra is Ham. 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 So I like this chakra, too, because uh, um, just as being a medium, I've never like been into, like, I have... I have like a negative kind of impression of a lot of metaphysical things because I feel like a lot of people that try to make money in the metaphysical business market world like to prey upon people's insecurities and be like, I can help you by unlocking your chakras. And if you buy my 28 step program for $699 and 79 cents, three payments, like plus shipping and handling people buy into that. And I don't, like that that's not plus they literally taught us at school in our what critical thinking class that mediums are all a fake and they just are reading your body language to make shit up and you just fill in all the blanks yes and it makes me (laughs) so angry that people like that exist so like when I talk about my medium things I don't want people to feel like I'm trying to push things on them or anything like that but um I've never really gone into it but as a child I've always like seen and felt energies associated with people and things and stuff like that. When I was feeling overwhelmed or wanted to help other people, I would envision colors around them. Like I said, I like to color pe- cover people in like pink a lot because I guess pink. But you're seeing people's auras. Is that what you're talking about? Or you're covering them in colors? Well, I will see people's auras and this is before I knew that people had auras. I would just see colors and then when people were like, those are called auras, I was like, Interesting. I thought that everyone could see colors on people and like understand how they're feeling and then take energy from their body and colors and put it around people to make them feel better. Yeah, no. And then- <laughs> so I- Shit my medium friend says, wait, everyone can't see colors around people or like in our in our spirit guide video, she's like, wait, people don't know that you can talk to your spirit guides and I'm just straight up like, People don't know they have spirit guides. <laughs> yeah. So all of this stuff that I did as a child or didn't think had like knowledge behind it or an understanding behind it, I just thought was normal. So I like this chakra. I'm getting off topic because ADHD, all the little tiny lines are not connecting and they fizzle out. Is you are purifying your past experiences and things through breath. And a lot of the times when I am overwhelmed or 
I see other people overwhelmed, I will literally focus on breathing in and out a certain color, which is breathing out impurities. Yeah. And I think it's wild that when I was researching this, I was like, this is a thing. This is a thing that other people understand. And I just never... In Buddhist belief, they believe that you're breathing in the suffering of other people and breathing out their energy, essentially. Like, you breathe in the suffering and then their suffering, like, you get the karma back. That's wild. Well, it also goes into how we're all one energy. So you're essentially breathing in the suffering of other people, but it's the suffering of you. Yeah. Wild knowledge bombs. <laughs> Emily's dropping. We need like separation a- is my favorite topic, <laughs> <laughs> which we will talk about. But yeah, I think it's great that there's a chakra that deals with breathing in and out your past experiences because that's a lot of things. I do that a lot to help meditate. I guess. I guess that's meditating, which I also didn't know. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So we are moving on to the sixth chakra, and the sixth chakra is going to be sponsored by Avatar M. The next chakra is your third eye chakra, and it is located in the center of the forehead. And its purpose is insight, and it is blocked by illusion. And the biggest illusion is separation. Mm-hmm. So this is our uh, podcast spirit guides chakra, Agya. The sixth chakra is the Agya chakra and is located in the middle of the forehead and between the eyebrows, thus earning it the westernized name of the third eye chakra. It is believed to be the center of one's peace and clarity and the boundary between the human and divine consciousness. This chakra can be reached once the five previous chakras have been raised. This chakra is unlocked when the individual's consciousness can understand that wisdom and knowledge are intertwined in all actions. Its symbolic picture has a lotus with two petals to represent that at this level of consciousness, only two exist, Atma, meaning self, and Paraatma, God. The color associated with the chakra is white, and its element is Anupada Tattva, meaning of the mind, and its mantra is Om. Om. <laughs> um, I like this chakra, too, for a couple different reasons. One... So it's interesting that as I was learning these chakra things and doing research that it says that you have to deal with one chakra and then before you can raise yourself to another chakra. But do you think that you have to, I feel like you, it would be impossible or almost impossible. I mean, maybe shwamis and stuff have done it, yogis, but you can't just master one chakra before you go into the next one, right? Yeah, you need to understand the foundation of the chakra before that. In order to fully understand the next. But it's like literally what I just explained to you. You need to understand your primal needs and your emotions in order to understand other people's emotions. But I feel like I haven't mastered one chakra. I feel like I have a better understanding of each chakra, but I feel like I haven't mastered. Like, obviously, my Moldahar chakra is not mastered in any sense or shape. And like every other chakra after that is not set. You have an understanding of each chakra, but until you can fully understand the chakra before it, the energy can't fully flow into that chakra. It's literally like how Avatar explains it as pools of water that flow into each other. If there are blocks in the pool, you can't have all the energy flow into that pool. But you can still have small areas of yes, energy flow into it. Still okay. water, like still energy in those pools, but you can't fully open that until you open the chakra before that. Yeah. So we're on the same page. It just it it seems like in teachings it makes you feel like you have to master the chakra before you can move on to the next one but if we all have a little bit of energy going to each one you can still f- try to focus on them i guess because you would have to 
essentially open them constantly mm-hmm. because what you live through your earthly life will change how you feel about each chakra over and over and over and over again interesting I also think this is interesting, too, because it says that the Agya Chakra is believed to be the center of one's peace and clarity and the boundary between human and divine consciousness, which when I do medium readings, I specifically tell people that these readings are to bring peace and clarity. And I'm talking to people that are not in the physical world anymore. So that's the boundary between. It's because of separation. Because there's not separation. You're not necessarily pulling information from another person. You are pulling information from your own consciousness, which is why you can do that. <laughs> uh, I can't. Do you deal not think with about this. it like that? <laughs> no, I think about it as energy is always around and present, and it depends on where it wants to be at a certain moment, but it's always there. Essentially, what we are is energy soup, but when we're in the physical world, we like put glass around us. So Mm -hmm. we think we are separate from the rest of the energy, but we're not. So you, you have like a hole in your glass. You have access to the consciousness, which is your own consciousness, which is why you have access to like other people, which is why you have access to like things over time. So like if you're on remote doing a reading for someone, you don't have to be in the same space because it's the same energy. Yeah. Which is why I talk to my friend's grandpa over the phone. And he's like, let me tell you about this Lego set my friend or my, yeah. I'll, my friend's grandpa likes to talk about him a lot. And it's really cute because my, yeah. my friend is kind of like you. He's very like. Virgo. I mean, I don't think he's a Virgo. I don't know when his birthday is. That's a terrible, I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> his grandpa. You don't know what my birthday is. I do. March 26th. Wow. That's the first ah! time you have ever told me what my birthday is. Because <laughs> literally. A month before la- this year, you're like, I'm going to give you your birthday gift. And I was like, it's February. My birthday is not for another month. <laughs> and it's funny because I know she's an Aries and I just don't even register that it would be in March, not February. Like, I, that's my attention span. Right. <laughs> yeah, I bought her a present a month early. And then when it was, was I literally set an, an alarm on my phone. To and then be literally like- <laughs> felt bad because she couldn't come to my house in February. And I was like, it's cool because my birthday's in March. Because <laughs> Corona. Yeah. And then when Corona hit, I came to her house and gave her her present through her screen window. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My God. When you have a Leo friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. So, yeah, I like this chakra. One, because it has our our little mascot guy, too, is his name. And it's all about peace and clarity. And, again, that's what being a medium should be about if you don't know any medium people or if you do and they're like I'm a medium uh not discounting anybody else's ability but if they are causing problems then they're not being super cool because like okay so we have M's friend we have a mutual friend and she's super super great and her grandpa wanted to talk to her for months and months and months and let me tell you trying to tell a spirit not to talk to someone that you're literally in the same room with is really hard especially <laughs> when you know the person and it's not just some like random person on the street like I will get people that want to talk to people I will get spirits that want to talk to people that I'm, I'm, I'm in Panera and there's a man sitting in a booth and his grandmother comes in and wants to talk to him. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm sorry, please. It's like, you can talk to strangers about ghosts, freaks them out. Yeah. Freaks them out. So having a mutual friend's grandfather want to come in and be like super gushy, excited about something that's happening in our friend's life. 
And she did not necessarily want to have a reading because she thought that somebody in her family that has passed on that's very negative and mean would come in and ruin the reading. And I'm like, that is not what this is about. People that are negative and mean will not come talk to me because the only thing that I bring is peace and clarity. I'm not here to stir up issues or cause problems unless it resolves something or makes you feel better. They're not allowed to say anything that the person doesn't need to hear. Exactly. It is only, and again, like I'm set. They need to hear something. It's not because they want to hear something. That's not how mediumship works. I'm not here to tell you something that you want. I'm here to tell you something that you need to bring peace and clarity. It's the difference between those people who are fraud mediums and Olivia. You can't just go up to someone and be like, yeah, I can talk to your grandma. That's fine. If your grandma can't talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. I, again, if you come to me and you want a reading and you're like, I want to talk to my aunt Susie twice removed. I cannot tell you that you're going to talk to your Aunt Susie twice removed. I can't physically be like, hey, Aunt Susie, twice removed. You want to talk. This person wants to talk to you. So start speaking. Not how it works. You get information from people that need to tell you information to make you feel better about your current situation. Again, bringing peace and clarity. Agya. (laughs) Agya. (laughs) All right. So did we talk about what's balanced and what's unbalanced? I don't know that we talked about separation. That's all about this chakra. So... I guess I kind of explained it with the energy soup, but there is no difference between you and someone else. Like, literally. A lot of people simplify this and say, like in the Avatar, the biggest separation is the four nations, and it's actuality that you are all one people, but it's even further than that where you are all the same energy, and we're just different forms of that same energy. Boom. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> next chakra i'm really good at this stuff i still have to try and wrap my brain around it and that's funny because i'm a medium because you're a medium and you have this open because you could see things so anyways moving on we are now at the seventh chakra don't stop listening there's more than seven chakras because westernization of chakras has told you that there's only seven why because this chakra the actual seven chakra is super important there is eight but you need to listen to the next one without further ado well, we don't have this one, so well. Um, yeah, Avatar skips this one because everyone does. Yeah, well, Avatar because M doesn't it's skip it. Parents. <laughs> this one deals with uh, your mental and physical health, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's basically a balance of all of the chakras before you get to your crown chakra. So you need to understand the connection of all of your other six chakras in order to get to your crown chakra. So the seventh chakra is known as the Bindu Chakra, meaning point or drop in Sanskrit. It is situated beneath the crest of hair at the tip of the head, just above the Agya Chakra. It is called the Moon Chakra, um, if you want to simplify it from Bindu to Moon. It is often overlooked in Western teachings uh, of the seven main chakras, but it makes sense that if the Muldahar and the Svadasana Chakras are three centimeters apart at the foundation of the core chakra alignment, then two other chakras, the Bindu and the Agya chakra, are very close together right before an individual can reach enlightenment. So the Bindu chakra is associated with the moon. It aids in physical and mental recuperation and benefits eyesight and the quieting of the mind. This chakra is intertwined with the Manipur chakra because the Bindu chakra is said to drip the nectar of immortality that is caught within the fire of the solar plexus manipura chakra certain meditations are used to catch the nectar within the vishuddhi chakra which is the throat chakra to redistribute the bindu chakras nectar throughout the body 
The color associated with the Bindu chakra is transparent or colorless, and its mantra is Shivuha. And I believe that when I was researching this chakra, um, it said that one of the gods, I don't think it was Shiva or Vishnu. It's literally the only two Buddhist uh, Buddhist gods that I know. But uh, are Hindu gods. <coughs> Hindu Shiva Buddhist. is a Hindu god. I'm sorry. I'm misspeaking. <laughs> if I'm talking about your religion badly, I apologize. I'm really trying to... <laughs> not be as western as possible but also avatar m (laughs) and we're giving you the western things too but we're trying so i think this is a really important chakra one because i like the name bindu but again like i said before it makes sense that if the svadashana chakra the sacral and the root chakra are three centimeters apart at the very beginning of your path to enlightenment with the chakras that there would be two more chakras that are real close together before you reach enlightenment and also it's like a waveform the wave goes faster in the middle and then when it gets to the top and the bottom it's goes slower it's like an animation that's Does great that sense to you yes <laughs> it makes yeah. so much sense literally everything is energy and everything that's energy is just frequencies of waveforms which is why you have mantras <laughs> to help reach the same frequency yeah <laughs> so yeah the one chakra that nobody in western thought of chakras talks about because because it's a repeat of all of the other chakras. Because we're all about capitalism and making money and getting straight to the point and not having to actually think about things and go through them and ruminate them. But it's also probably why this next chakra is so hard to open. <laughs> probably. So, without further ado, we have the eight chakra, known as the crown chakra, and Avatar M's going to tell you about it. It deals with cosmic energy, and it is blocked by... oh. God, I forgot it. I got real excited. It deals with cosmic energy, and it is blocked by earthly attachments. And obviously, it is located at the top of the head. Yep. So, uh, it is called... I'm going to mess this up. This one's a little bit harder, too. Sahasrana. Sahasrana. Sahasrara. Sahasrara. Yeah? Yeah. Sahasrara chakra. Okay, so the eighth chakra is the Sahasrara chakra, located at the top of the skull, earning its westernized name of the crown chakra. Its Sanskrit translation means thousand or infinite. This chakra is said to influence brain functions, enhancing memory, concentration, and intelligence. It is associated with pure light, which holds all colors of the rainbow. This chakra is said to be unlocked when the energies of all other chakras before it flow together as one into it. Once the chakra is open, the individual is said to have gained conscious understanding of themselves and God and can find fulfillment in the union of knowledge, the knower, and the object of knowledge. Its element is Adi Tattva, meaning the supreme or spiritual tattva, and its mantra is Om. Yeah. It's great. I like this one. I think it's interesting. Do you think, and I don't mean to offend anybody that knows way more about this than us, which is probably anybody, but... For me, once we, we were talking about how the chakras flow into each other and that you don't necessarily have to have one fully unlocked to think about or try to better one other chakra. But for this chakra, since it says you basically like leave everything behind, um, do you think that you can only achieve this chakra if you're dead? Because you no longer have earthly attachments. No. No. No, that's why this one's so hard, because people are like, I don't understand how I can get rid of my earthly attachments. And it's because if you understand separation, you physically cannot get rid of earthly attachments. 
they are literally you. There's no difference between you and a fucking table. You are the same energy. Yeah, because we're all created from stardust. So yes, you can 100% become enlightened as a physical being. But it's really hard to open this chakra without knowledge of any of your other chakras. Because that's, that's how the energy fills this one. That's just so wild to me. It says, one who gains this is liberated from all karmas and achieves moksha, complete liberation from the cycle of rebirth and death. The mind finally comes to complete stillness and finds fulfillment in the union of knowledge, the knower, and the object of knowledge. Which I think is crazy because if I... Again, not as someone that has never, ever really gone to church, ever, except for, yeah, like... They're talking about religion here. Except for, like, Lutheran church with my friend, like, maybe five Sundays in my entire life. The mind finally comes to a complete stillness and finds fulfillment in the union of knowledge, the knower, and the object of knowledge. Literally, those three things separated by commas makes me think about God itself. God is the union of knowledge the knower and the object of knowledge at the same time we are also a part of god i know we're just little tendrils of it mm-hmm. which goes so into energy we would have access to that energy because we are that energy i think it's crazy but this essentially deals with the caste system in hinduism the top tier of that caste is literally what you just explained that's why they're monks that's where they become enlightened because they don't have earthly attachments because they never had earthly attachments in this caste they literally just focus on opening all of their chakras. That's wild. It literally blows my mind. Yeah. A lot of people think the caste system is like abusive because they don't understand the religion, but it's very much like people in the Hindu religion literally believe that if they change or help you in your caste system, that you will be reborn in that caste system again. So like she was saying, when you become enlightened in the last caste, you don't become reincarnated back into another life because you have reached your soul's purpose and your your life path. So you essentially go to what the Hindus believe as nirvana, which is heaven in Catholic religion. But again, heaven and hell is also vague, and we need to talk about that because I have a lot of opinions about that. We will, for sure. But yeah, that's when you fully raise your vibration. But and it's hard to do when you're a human. But segueing from the topic kind of like a branch off of the knowledge the knower and the object of knowledge or whatever a lot of people that are religious like to be like you can't be a medium because you can't know more than god knows you can't talk to spirits even if spirits are here you can't talk to them because you're not god and i think it's interesting that in people tell you that yes they literally How do you know more than god they literally get it i my you are a human you Like, you physically cannot fathom God itself. Well, my existence of thinking that I can talk to spirits, it, like, insults them, which I understand. I'm not invalidating your emotions. But also, in the Bible, it says that people were created in God's own image. He is all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-hearing. So if we... It's the same thing with animals. Because we are literally, literally created from God. Well, let's not even get into the topic of some religions don't think that animals have souls because that crushes me. But if people are created in God's image and they're, he's all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-hearing, then why can't some of us have a little bit of him more than other people or not just an under a, a, a grasp of more of him than other people to be a little bit more all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-hearing? Because that's what I do. I know, hear, and see 
I don't think he things. does that. I think he allows it. Yes, 100%. Like, it's your consciousness making the decision to put you on Earth and to be a seer because it's going to affect a certain person to raise your overall consciousness. Which is great. <laughs> also, I'm not understanding what she's saying because it's, oh, again, a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I saw the face. Yeah. Basically, when you're in the astral or the spirit realm, you are basically looking at the physical realm and you're like, I need to reincarnate, whatever. So you essentially choose your life and what souls you're going to incarnate with so that you can go through a certain thing to raise your consciousness. So you being a medium, you, like I've told you before, you touch people on a spiritual level. That is just the nature of what you do. Ugh. Stop, you're going to make me cry. It's true. <laughs> it's really hard because I've never embraced my medium stuff because I've been so scared of people ridiculing me and just hating me for who I am. And it's really been a giant step of even just starting this YouTube channel and podcast with you to come out and be like, this is what I do and this is who I am. Can That's I help chakra. you? I literally just want to help people by talking to other people and animals. Yeah. That's why you're here. Because you <laughs> raise the consciousness of the people around you because you have the gift of sight. Thank you. Like, that's why you are incarnate in this life. That makes me so happy. Uh, <laughs> Again, why I literally just throw pink energy on everybody because I want everybody to just be happy and love each other at all times and know that you're okay. Like, we're getting into non-chakra things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it also deals with separation and illusion. Yeah. So let's just do a short interjection on the fact that there is something called Maslow's hierarchy of need. And it is a psychology idea that is taught in schools. Whereas a lot of the times chakras and the chakra belief systems are really westernized, made much more palatable for commercialization and simplified for people that don't want to take the time to understand things, which is fine too. If you don't want to take the time to understand things or you want things to be quick and easy, that's cool. But it, the fact that there are people that are like, chakras don't make any sense and they don't align with my religious beliefs and that's all just mumbo jumbo. There is literally Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Whereas when you look at it, it is an idea psychologically proposed by Abraham Maslow in his 1943 paper, A Theory of Human Motivation, and it was published in the Psychological Review. And this is this stuff is taught in schools. As a person with a bachelor's in biology, I will tell you that it is something that we have to learn. It is a triangle. And what Maslow did is he put people's human needs into a triangle with the base being basic needs, the middle of the pyramid being psychological needs, and the top pyramid being self-fulfillment needs. Now, if you look at this on any type of Google, you can just see that it is a completely watered down version of the chakra systems made much more palatable and easily digestible by someone in, I don't know, a different viewpoint. What it's, do you think? Well, like I said, spirituality isn't just a religion. It's how you are psychologically and how you are affected by the earth and the physical realm. Yeah, but I just think it's crazy that it people are like... translates to psychology because it's how your energy and emotions through you yeah it's one and the same but i just think it's crazy that some people are like this is mumbo jumbo like i said at the beginning of the podcast they don't research it and they don't understand what each one is especially in like when you go to yoga they most of those people don't know what they're actually doing with a chakra system 
by doing just, poses, you're unlocking yeah. and letting energy flow through you. Yeah, certain poses target certain flows of energy, mm-hmm. but it's also more than that because you need to have your psychological needs for that chakra met as well. Yep. So we just wanted to make sure, or I wanted to make sure that that was put in there because I thought that was absolutely crazy and didn't make the connection myself because I'm also a human. <laughs> so, so this is all the stuff that Em and I talk about. This was the chakra system. It's only our second podcast, but we are going to dive deep, headstrong, swimmer's cap, straight dive off the diving board into everything paranormal, metaphysical, and anything else you could possibly think of that is within these categories. And this is what our podcasts are going to be like, just trying to find information, you know, critically thinking about all of the stuff as much as you can possibly put into logic. Again, like we've talked about, it's hard for people to conceptualize things that are not physically there. So we're going to try and do that. (laughs) and see how it goes and if you're interested please continue to tune in and if you guys want more content check out all of our social media i believe there's a description i don't know how podcasts work this is my second one but anyways we are your meta site kicks yeah and we will see you guys in the next podcast every sunday tune in